You're now listening to the Stonecutters Podcast with Will Catlett and Aaron Hankins. When nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stonecutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times, without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two, and I know that it was not that blow that did it, but all that have gone before. Will. Yo. How you doing today? Man, every time I hear that, bro, it just makes me feel good because I know that I'm I'm hitting the stone and I'm doing wonderful today. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess you, you had something that you wanted to talk about first and uh, I'm going to just let you start talking first and then I'll just interject. Uh, it, Okay. I think that what you wanted to talk was was about your your uh, your identity, or how you're how you're handling your new identity. I don't think it's a new identity. My identity is set. Um, I think it's the visibility. You know, um, just because it's changing. You know what I mean? Like once you know, I had was getting was getting known on the web series tip. And then now, you know, with two shows and shooting a movie, you know, the visibility is increasing. And I've never walked around with an expectation of people watching me, which is weird. You know, so I can only imagine how, and I was laughing at myself today, actually, because I was thinking about it. I was like, well, you're not fucking Michael Jackson, boy. Relax. You're not. You're not that big yet. You know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But just going into different places, whether it be a Whole Foods or whether it be a market or just going into a store, you know it. Or I'll be walking on the street and a random car would just pull up beside me and be like, "You're here." You know what I'm saying. And then, you know, you you feel obligated to say hello as a part of the job, but also you start to think about your safety. You know what I mean? Which is crazy. You know what I mean? But you have to, you know? So it's been an adjustment to know how much to keep for myself as well as to give the public what they need. You know what I mean? Because I'm a people person. I love people. I love going places. You know, I've never envisioned myself being a a superstar that could not go into a grocery store. You know, um, I think sometimes we can be so out of touch, but say if you're a Will Smith, you know, you really can't walk in the whole foods and just shop. You know what I mean? So I still have that luxury at this, at this moment, but I can see it changing. Not that it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's actually a great thing. It shows progression, but I'm seeing the change. Like, I'm seeing it happen in front of my face, you know. But I also want to add, too, is that I think there needs to be, you know, how can I put it? DM etiquette. (laughs) When people DM you, there needs to be some etiquette with the DM. Because people say stuff to you as if you don't have anything to do with your whole entire day but respond to them. You know, or you may have 50 some odd DMs. You're not going to be able to respond to everybody. So what it says on the DM, it'll say scenes. I saw your message. You know what I mean? 
I might have thought about it. I may have prayed for you, but I probably didn't respond to you. Doesn't mean that I don't love you. <laughs> well, I think as people, when people hear this, they're going to know that because I think every day you probably get more and more DMs, more people reaching out to you. So I guess, yeah. I guess along those lines, I had a, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, for the Stonecutters podcast, uh, if you have questions for either myself or for Will, you shoot those questions over to stonecutterspodcast at gmail.com. And Will, I've got a question here uh, from mm-hmm. one, one of our listeners, and he basically says, can you elaborate on staying in your lane and staying dis- distraction-free? So what are some things that you've done in the past or are doing right now to sort of stay in your lane and stay distraction-free? Well, staying in my lane, I basically focus on what I'm doing, what I want to do, what I want to achieve. You know, um, what I've been doing right now is, you know, I re-listened to Earl Nightingale. Uh, You should check him out on uh, YouTube about just writing your ideas down and getting up in the morning and just writing your first thoughts and stuff down, you know, um, and keeping your head clear and not being so focused on how other people are making it. That's how you stay in your own lane. And the second part of that question about the distractions, um, you know what's distracting you. You know what I mean? Like right now with the new update with the iPhone, it lets you know how many times you picked up your phone, how many times, uh, how many uh, hours or minutes spent on social media. You know, so you have to kind of monitor that just as well as monitoring your own thoughts to know what thought is coming in that is deterring you from the road that you want to go on or the lane that you're on. You know, so I try to make sure that I monitor how much time I'm on ESPN, how much time I'm on Instagram, how much time I'm speaking to family and friends, because everybody can pull at your time when you're trying to stay focused on a particular thing that you're trying to accomplish. So you got. So if you, sorry, you go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say it sounds like you have to write down your intentions. And it's basically that's that's the roadmap. And then anything else that's not on the sheet of paper that you've written down as your intentions is a distraction. And then it's just recognizing and, and remembering that when something comes to you or or something something comes along in your path and it's not written on the paper that you it's 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 pretty much probably going to be a distraction, right? Yeah, well, you kind of weigh it because like we were supposed to do this podcast almost an hour or two ago, but I was in a meeting <laughs> with. Uh, the director and the DP, the producers and another actress that's on the on the movie I'm on, you know, and the vibe of that conversation was so beautiful and so enlightened that I was in the right place at the right time. So it wasn't a distraction, although I was supposed to go do something. I had to get what I needed from that situation in order to give to this situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've got another question here, and uh, this is re- going to be a really good one for you. How about uh, it, basically somebody is asking us to talk about some stories from traveling, you know, and what you've sort of learned from traveling. So maybe why don't we start off by where was the first place when you traveled and you left the country? Where was the first country you visited? My first country was China. Okay, and what did you learn from that experience? What were you there for? Talk about it a little bit. Well, I've always wanted to travel abroad. Um, when I was playing ball in college, 
you know, I wanted to study abroad, but it kind of didn't really work out because of the basketball schedule. So I used to work for Survivor. I used to test all the challenges before the contestants would test them. And so they were shooting Survivor in China. And I got to go to all over China, Nanchung, Shanghai, Jinx, uh, got to hike the Great Wall. And it just opened me up to so many different people and, and, and culture and just seeing the world differently, seeing people living over in China, how they live, especially if you're in a rural area like Jinx, where we were at. Um, there's, you know, the rice fields and seeing people get up in the morning and they're in a rice field, you know? So it's like, it was just a different type of lifestyle, seeing all the bikes, almost like it feels like a million bikes in Beijing. There's more bikes than cars, you know, uh, seeing the buildings there and then hiking the great wall, zip light, zip lining on the great wall, sleeping on the great wall. It just expands your mind to know that someone laid that stone there, you know, and built this 3000 miles, seeing it from space wall, you know, to protect China, you know, and you're walking on it and people have died building that wall. You know, it, it makes you feel um, unstoppable because what when the humans when the human being is one, one with the world, one with it, it, itself, there's nothing that you cannot accomplish. And going on that experience has expanded my mind to go more places. But you know, I throw that question back to you, Aaron, because you traveled all over. <laughs> uh I guess for me the the first place that I traveled to was the Philippines and uh, I had a I had a coworker at the time and she invited me with her husband and they had three children and they she said you know I'm going back to the Philippines and uh would you be interested in traveling and I had never thought about leaving the country I was uh, 20 I think I was 25 or 26 at the time mm-hmm. and yeah, they, they sort of just, you know, I was a part of the family. I was like the Uncle Aaron, and I went over to the Philippines, and I got to see a lot of the same things that you saw, which was just a completely different culture, a completely different way of life that people lived. And I got to see people that had next to nothing, and they lived a much more fulfilling life than I, than I, than I had at the time or that I thought I had. I was... Mm-hmm. extremely materialistic i had i was a sneakerhead i had all the sneakers i had a big screen tv i had a dvd player i had all these things and i went over to the philippines and i and i saw people that ha- would have a room that was smaller than my bedroom and four people would sleep in that room and they would all they would have mm-hmm. just a few possessions and they lived a happier life they lived a more fulfilled life so that first country that i went and visited it really taught me that Number one, that the world was really small and that we have to go and visit as much of it as we can. We're not really, relatively speaking, we're not that really far away as, you know, maybe somebody from 100 years ago. Like, we can we can go almost anywhere within within 24 hours notice. But the other part, the other thing that I learned was that I, I could live with less. And I, and I had, and, 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 and uh, I was looking for happiness in material items. And it and it, mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't bringing me much happiness. And that first trip, wow. when, after that first trip, when I came back, that's that was probably the groundwork where I think as soon as I got back, I started looking for another another plane ticket, and I found a really cheap plane ticket. And that's I think right before I left for that second trip. The second trip I went to, uh, I think I went to Costa Rica 
But uh, when I came back from the second trip, somebody was just like, hey, you know, like that's two countries and you're moving kind of quick. And I was like, well, I wonder how many I could get to by the time I was 30. And then it's like, well, maybe if I did this and this and this. And then next thing you know, it's like 30 countries by 30. And that that was like, you know, the the evolution for me is that I set a goal probably after the first or the second country. And it was it was a goal that I, I wanted to go after. But I knew that with every new country that I visited would just be a new perspective and a new a new way of, of thinking, a, a new way of looking at things like, and when I go traveling, what I, what I really enjoy. And I was thinking about this before I asked you this question was like, I enjoy getting lost and I enjoy, mm-hmm. I, and I enjoy the, the, the thought process of problem solving in another country where, you know, like you're hungry and you're walking on the street and you see all these food carts. So you, mm-hmm. number one, you assess and you say, okay, well who, who, which, which food cart is the most popular? And then you look, go over there and you see what people are ordering and you may not even be able to read the menu and you're just like looking and you're like, okay, well, I think I want that there. And then you walk up and then you give the person a finger single and signal and then you try to figure out how much it costs and make sure you're not getting overcharged and everything like that. And to me, that's just like, it's just this, this challenge to my mind and I just like, I love it. I, I, I just enjoy it. So travel to me is just, is, is, uh, is like one of the most enriching and fulfilling parts of our lives. Yeah, man. You know, we're citizens of the world, but I like what you were saying because um, in that trying to problem solve and figure it out, you got to sink or swim. You know, now now you're in the shit. You know what I mean? It's like you. you I remember being in Brazil. You know, and like uh, the quickest thing you learn is, you know, what something costs and how to say it. You know what I mean? Or how much it is. I know. I kept saying. Uh, uh, I think it was in Brazil. It was like. Quantos die, Quantos die, or something like that. It wasn't like Quantos Cuesta, like here, like in Spanish, like Quantos die, Quantos die. So I was like, well, how much, how much, how much this, how much is that? You know, and that was pretty cool. I was going to add, too, my China experience was just crazy because, you know, the images of, you know, Hollywood, you know, projects different images out to the world. And I remember being in Nanchung, China, and I was going to a store to buy some shoes or just to look. And I was looking up, thumbing through a couple shirts, and I feel this little finger poke my skin. And I turn around, I see a little Chinese boy, and I say, Ni hao, ni hao ma. And when I turned my hand over, he jumped back. He's like, <gasps> because my hand is black on this side, but on the palm is light. Mm-hmm. You know, so he had, he had an experience in seeing a real black person in person. It was the most craziest thing. And I was like, wow, man. You know, and I was just like, wow. I'm just I'm trying to think about it just now. Like, wow, man. Like, that's crazy how, you know, people don't get to really see a person, uh, a black person really in person like that. You see us through a medium of television. So whatever those images that are coming out is how you're going to perceive that person. Now, I remember being at a bar in China, and this, and this girl said, nigga, nigga, nigga. And I got upset for a second. Because I'm like, hold up. You know what I mean? I'm way over here, and you calling me a nigga? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that was her perception. When she saw me, I was like, something got up the circus. You know, because they just didn't see black people like that. It was kind of trippy, man. It's kind of trippy. I think about that moment. 
well i guess the 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 thing that we have to put into perspective is like people will see things or people on television and you got to see his face and his facial perspective the first time that he saw something in person in real life and like yeah it's it's almost like you you you're right there as this person has this new thought or this new idea that comes into their head like they're just like I didn't know that this was possible and now it's standing right in front of me and it's speaking my native tongue. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So just imagine that kid's mind. That kid probably has to be, what were we in 2018? That was 2007. And the kid was probably no more than like, maybe, I don't even remember. He could have been seven maybe Mm -hmm. or, or a little bit younger than that. You know, so the mind has already been expanded. And I always say this, you know, athletes made us famous around the world. You go to China and there's tons of pictures of us, you know. So when people tell us, you know, in Hollywood that, you know, our movies don't sell overseas. Well, (laughs) this little boy just touched me seven some odd years ago. I mean, 10 some odd years ago. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, you know, how about the we're talking about traveling and I think sometimes people get traveling mixed up with going on a vacation. What would you say? What's the difference between traveling versus going on vacation? Going on a vacation, you're going to relax to somewhere probably beautiful traveling. You're going to, you're going, you're going to a place to find yourself. You're exploring other things because you do pick the place that you want to go. So that means there's something inside of you drawing you there. So you're traveling, you know, trying to figure out what it is. It's almost like the alchemist. He's traveling to find his personal legend. Okay. Um, I have another question here. Uh, The saying goes, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Expound on this in your lives. I'll let you answer that one. I'll double back on it. (laughs) Uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So basically the the way that I sort of, the way that I read that is, is that like everything around us that challenges us, that isn't meant to kill us, but or to harm us or it just makes us better. So for me, I mean, every day that I wake up, there's a challenge. There's a, I mean, from, from the minute the alarm goes off, my brain is telling me to get some more, sleep so that's a challenge and then when I wake up and I hop in the shower and I want to turn it on the warm water and I turn it on to the cold water that's another challenge so Mm -hmm. if you look at it just through your life every sort of obstacle that's put in front of you every no every person that cut you off in traffic every person that told you that you weren't going to be able to do what you need to be doing is actually making you stronger because they're trying to build resiliency in you they're trying to callous you up so that all those no's and those rejections, all they do is just motivate you to get things done. So like when I hear what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, it's sort of just like, okay, well, I don't really think that anything is maliciously out to kill me. It's all just there to make me a better person. Every interaction Mm -hmm. that you have with the people that you meet, like you might meet somebody and they might have a bad or a negative energy and it's nothing against you. It's, it's that person, but that person was put in front of you because the universe wanted you to talk to them, wanted you to learn something from it, wanted to make you better. So it, 
It's going to be a challenge. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Mm-hmm. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So when somebody says what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, this I would say if it if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. What, what you think? What does what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I think it makes you stronger if you're open to learn from it. I think that it's not really about being strong or death is about you positioning yourself to learn from what is going on and to make a move. Because it's almost like, how can I put it? Because we come up with these sayings that keep, it's it's almost like motivation. It's like saying, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Because if it kills you, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to overcome what you're trying to overcome. But it's like almost saying that it ain't that bad. Just keep on pursuing what you want to pursue. Well, the the, the podcast episode that I'm getting ready to release, you actually talked about something, and I just want to reiterate it on this podcast. You basically said mm-hmm. that if you're on a journey and you mm-hmm. are and you are taking on a new task, and you're and you're receiving provisions. And right. if if someone is giving you something or you're being helped, that mm-hmm. means that you're on the right path. Right. So so if that's the if, if that's the thought, then right, we're here to help people move on the path that they're on. So so mm-hmm. so the logic there is that if somebody's listening to this, they're already on the right path. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They're already on the right path. You know, it's just little by little, step by step. Sometimes we want to, you know, we want the cake, but we don't want to put the flour, put the sugar, you know what I'm saying? Add the eggs, you know, mix it up, beat it up, pour it, heat the oven, butter the pan. You know, like we don't want to do what it takes to get to the enjoyment of the cake. We just want to enjoy the cake. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's little by little people that's listening to this is going to say, you know what? We don't have all the answers. I mean, I'm pretty sure I ain't even answered that damn uh, (laughs) uh, question right about, you know, what does it kill you makes you stronger? You know, I haven't thought about it in such a long time. You know what I mean? Because I always think about the state of someone asking that question. What does it kill you makes you stronger? You know what I'm saying? It's like to me whoever asked that question is in a place of deciding, are they going to keep going? Is this what they're supposed to do? Because some things do need to die. Basketball dream and me needed to die in order for me to go do something else. Some things just need to die. Sometimes what doesn't kill you, make you stronger can also be a trap. Because you're still trying to pursue something that deep down in your heart needs to die because that's not you anymore. And I was just having this conversation about uh, in a room with, with, with the director and uh, a famous rapper and um, another actress. And I was telling, you know, all, all everyone in the room is like the hood doesn't give you a chance to evolve. You might not be there anymore. That person that you once was needs to die because you're no longer there. 
You're meeting with owners. You're having caviar. You're eating big steaks. You're no longer at that place anymore. You know, but the hood doesn't see that. It glorifies who you were. It glorifies the past. It glorifies the shiny things. So what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Some things do need to die in order for you to evolve. Boom. Boom. That's good stuff. I learned something for that just now. (laughs) (laughs) What else is on your mind, man? Man, I feel like I'm on the, on the brink of greatness, man. I'm just been in solitude. Um, you know, working out like a madman, reading the scripts, you know, that I, I got to get ready to do this film. And I'm just feeling grateful, man, um, to just be able to do this work, but just to just live and to see what I'm made of. That's what, like, I'm on that traveling journey inside myself, bro. Like, I'm so, like, excited, you know, to... You know, I'm doing a film. This is my first film. You know what I'm saying? And I want to feel like this on every other film. But I'm like, this is my medium. This is my shot. You know what I'm saying? This is the shot when Jordan jumped in the air and kicked the old boy when he made the game winner. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is LeBron, you know, throwing the powder in the sky, you know. This is Kobe with the turnaround. You know what I'm saying? Or You know, (laughs) it's, it's, it's all that. It's Gretzky making the gold. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what I feel, bro. Like, I just feel that I'm fortunate, I'm blessed, I'm highly favored, and I know it's just the tip of the iceberg, and I'm focused, you know, on what it is that I need to do. And I'm excited, and I'm running towards falling on my face and not knowing everything. And seeing what I'm made of, man, I, I think it's a real great place to be in, you know. And I'm listening more, you know what I'm saying? I'm just listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. Scooche, I'm listening, I'm listening, <laughs> I'm listening. And I'm being open to listening. Listen and silence spell the same word. I'm listening and being at peace with myself. You know, I'm away from my wife right now and you know she'll be joining me soon but i got this time to really go into myself and see what's there see what i need to remove see i need to perfect you know so it's a good place to be in cool well we we almost at the at the 30 minute point and i i wanted to just keep this conversation short so Uh i mean yeah so I'm. I, I got a couple more questions, but I was. I guess we can hold off on those until next time. So, mm-hmm. man, if we had to name this episode, what would you name this episode? Well, don't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> <laughs> I think I will name it that. You know. Um, you know. I don't know, man. I just. I just know, man, so many people are being helped by what we're doing. You know, because each time that uh, that I'm on here listening to you, 
you know, and you listen to me, I'm gaining so much things too, you know? So this is a beautiful experiment and exercise that's going to be a huge thing because it's really helping folks stay on their path, stay in their lane. And it's helping us to stay on our path and stay in our lane. When we talk about distraction, I'm sure in your mind, you're like, okay, well, what's distracting me? What do I need to cut out? You know, okay, I'm up taking a cold shower. I got the, uh, the, 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 the pencil and the waterproof paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what else do I need to do? Or what else do I just need to not do to be able to just do it? Exactly. And, you know, you, you you bring that up and I wanted to just double back to when I went to the Philippines, you know, like the whole journey that I'm on right now and the cold showers and the things like that. I, I thought back to some folks that I saw living in the Philippines and they had next to nothing and their work ethics were among the best I've ever seen. So I try to model my work ethic after somebody that I would meet in, in, in any of the third world countries that I went to where somebody was just hustling and grinding, just trying to, mm -hmm. trying to, trying to get out there and, and get something on mm -hmm. their own. So I don't know how that fits into anything, but you, you just, you said something and it made me think about like another part of traveling is also just observing how other people that don't have as much as we have, how they can still go out there and it's not killing them. It's actually making them stronger. Right, right. That's why it's important, you know. And I know you would add that you don't need a whole lot of money to travel, you know. No. Um, we we got to do an episode on that, bro, like where you just break down the things that you need because you would help me, you know, whether you need water shoes, you need this type of backpack, you need this to that. And, you know, we'll get to a place where we'll be able to, you know, send some folks, you know what I'm saying, just to go to the th – that's what we're going to do. We're going to be able to send people to the 30 some odd countries that you went to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is just. The stunk of <laughs> I can't, I can't believe you went there, man. Oh, that's like, that's dreaming big, man. Yeah. We yeah. got, we definitely yeah. got to do that. Yeah. We got to do that. We got to be able to do that because, you know, you only can see as far as you can see. And experience allows you to see more, you know. So if you go, if you see these things while you're young, then you will think about maybe having a business in France, you know, even though you're in a ghetto. Exactly. Because you, because you saw it, you know. So we got to be able to do that. We got to be able to expand our minds. And I was listening to something with the Greek freak and, and uh, worked out with Kobe Bryant. And he said he had got there three hours before Kobe got there because he wanted to let him know that, you know, he's ready to learn and to move forward. And what Kobe told him was never, never, never lose the idea, I'm paraphrasing, or the thought of being a kid. When you're on the court, always be a kid. And I was thinking, he was like, man, why why, why I just be a kid? What do you mean? I'm in a man's game. I got to be a man. I got to do my thing. He said, because kids have imagination. When you have imagination, you can create different things. And you can live in a fantasy place. This is how Kobe is dreaming of hitting those shots before he hit them. Because he has a kid mentality. And sometimes in the world, the world can beat you down so much 
that it rips the kid out of you. Yep. That's why when you laugh and, you know, us getting on here, we're like kids. You know, it's like people might look at this, oh, this podcast, and why don't they just call each other? You know what I mean? But we're talking as you would do like a kid. Yeah. How you spend time on the phone for hours and hours and hours, you know, just talking into the right thing about nothing. Sometimes about nothing. But now we're talking and people can pull something that we're saying. Exactly. From it. Yeah. And in, and if anything, I mean, what I really look at this as is that we're recording these conversations so that in five to ten years from now, we can take a listen back. And we can yeah. and we can that, that excitement that you just had, like maybe 10 minutes ago when you were talking about the projects that you're working on right now, like you're going right. to be able to look back and and draw inspiration from this even then. And be like, that's the energy that I always want to have. That's the feeling that I always want to have. That was the, that's where my mind was at at that moment, you know. Mm-hmm. My dad told me this story about this guy who went broke. He wrote all these books, and so he was so broke and so depressed. But he had wrote all these books, so he started about his finances and everything. Like he was writing books about that. So he went back and started reading his books. In order to become successful again, <laughs> and he did, you know. So you never know what space we might be in. You know, our children can go back and listen to this, but we may be in a space where we gotta remember to be a kid. We gotta remember to travel. We gotta remember to evolve. We gotta remember to not be trapped by sayings that have lasted for ages. And when something needs to die, let it die so that something else can be reborn. When a seed goes into the ground, it must die in order for it to come up and bring fruit. A a caterpillar dies in the cocoon before it becomes a butterfly. There's something special about death that we're missing. If there's no death, then there's no revival. Stonecutters Podcast. This is Aaron Hankins. This is Will Catlett. Peace. Peace.